From Hans Oval to Durian Bay Sports Ground, Boulder City to Cable Beach, Pilbara to Peel, covering footy in regional WA. This is the WA Country Footy Podcast. Oh, geez, we're heating up, aren't we? There's been grand finals all over the shop, preliminary finals, semi-finals, finals, finals, finals is happening absolutely everywhere across country footy at the moment, and we are loving it. And today's flavour on our podcast is very, very heavily finals-focused. Where are we going to go? Well... We're going to catch up with the guy who won the best on ground during the Esperance District Football Association Grand Final recently. That was the Bulldogs getting up over Gibson by just four points. The scoreboard said five at the end of the game. It was actually a four-point margin as Esperance got up for their 29th flag. Unbelievable. So we'll catch up with Jason Wagonect. Sorry, Jacob Wagonect who won the best on ground, rucked all day, and put in the smother of all smothers in WA country footy in 2021. I'm going to call it right here on our podcast. We're going to hear from Macca. Now, Ian McNeil, he's been across the Eastern Districts Football League. He's covered off that final last week out at Corrigan. Then we'll swing past the Central Wheat Belt. We'll cover the Central Midlands, come across through the Avon and also the Mortlock. He's been all through those parts and Mac has got all those details. Then Cam Newbold, I tell you what, Cam can go on and on and on, and he does, but all with good reason because he's covering off the Great Southern Football League. The Cleman medal is tonight as we record the podcast, so we don't know the answer to who's going to take out the fairest and best, but he will tell us who's won the Ongar Up Football Association fairest and best, and we'll tell you who it is because he's the West Coast Poly Player of the Week as well. Thanks very much, Fraser House, the Ganza medalist out there from Noangara. But, look, I've given that away early in the podcast, haven't I? But it's an opportunity for us to get out and about and cover off as many finals as we can and all keep it succinct in this nice little package we call the WA Country Footy Podcast. It's great to have your company right across regional WA. We go all parts of the compass and we spread it far and wide. In case you missed last week's episode, you can always catch up. Make sure you subscribe through your various podcast channels so you can get things underway with us each and every week with the WA Country Footy Podcast. We'll go until most of the leagues wrap up. And we'll keep our head above water for most of it as well. Hey, thanks to CBH. CBH have jumped on board with Colt sponsorship right across the state, but also CBH have jumped on board with many final series sponsorship throughout the state as well. And it's great to have our friends at CBH on board as well. This is the WA Country Footy Podcast. Let's go. Our first guest is Jacob Wankinect, and he's out of the Esperance District Football Association. Well, the Esperance District Football Association grand final last week was between Esperance and Gibson. Gibson went in with the tail up and about. They had the week off. The Bulldogs went in via a victory over Ports earlier on in the week, or earlier on, I should say, in the final series with the prelim uh, by about 58 points. Jacob Wackenek joins us today, and he is part of the Bulldogs side that managed to salute on the weekend just gone. Jake, uh, thanks very much for joining us on the podcast, mate. Uh, now, if I get your level right, I reckon I can hear you now, which is fantastic, mate. How's the? Well, we're, t- we're catching up on the Wednesday after the grand final, but how was that Saturday night, Sunday slash Monday, maybe even into Tuesday? How's it been since the big win? Uh, yeah, it's been good. Um, Saturday night was a big night with the celebration, um, and then even Sunday and Monday were pretty big. So I know yesterday at work I wasn't feeling too good afterwards, but, yeah, I'm pretty fine now. Well, amazing effort, mate. It it was on the scoreboard. I think it had it as five points. It was four points in the end, but it was the 28th premiership for the Bulldogs Football Club. And, uh, geez, mate, I tell you what, 
you've earned this one. You've been in 11 of the last grand finals. Yeah, um, well, for me, I've only been a part of the last two. Last year, we lost to Ports uh, Footy Club. Um, but for some of the boys, I know our captain has won seven in the last 10 years. So to me, this is a massive deal as it's my first grandy. But I think it's just another one for some boys. But yeah, it's always special. Mate, talk us through getting into the final because Gibson uh, defeated you in probably... Uh... A very congested game, that second semi. What did you take from that heading into the grand final? Um, that first final, uh, Gibbo just came out uh, pretty strong. I think in the first quarter, it was pretty even. Um, but they got momentum and we just couldn't keep up with them. But um, after that game, we knew what we did wrong. And against the Ports game, we stuck to our plan and executed it pretty good. And then obviously went, in the same, went into the grand final with the same plan and uh, fortunate enough that it paid off. Well, that, that plan was very good, mate. Disposed of ports by 58, but you managed to keep uh, Gibson out of the contest. Or was it that massive smother? Now, I've likened it to better than Nick Rewell when you were at, I think it was probably half back, and all of a sudden there was a Gibson player. I forget who it was at this point in time. Might have been Brown, could have been uh, uh, someone else there. But they've gone to launch the ball, which probably would have given Gibson a good shot on goal. But here comes big wags across and throws yourself across that boot. And, mate... I reckon that that was the game-turning point. I know it's been spoken about quite a bit, but how did you feel just all of a sudden you've pulled off this massive smother? Um, yeah, I knew that the uh, Jeremy who kicked the ball was going for goal because earlier on in the game he launched one from about 60 but going the other way uh, with the breeze. Um, but, yeah, I just knew that he was going to kick it. And I just, yeah, I had no other option but to try to smother the ball. And obviously... Late in the game, tight, close game. Yeah, I just had no energy and just dove for it. And lucky enough that it, I got a hand to it. And then after that, I think we got a free kick. And after that, I think it was just game over. We just held the ball for Pretty a bit much. and whatnot. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I think was... the last couple of couple of minutes of the game was a bit of AFL style. Let's just hold on to possession, which almost came unstuck for you. But hey, it worked in the end, mate. And you got up by four points. Yeah, it was a good game and. Yeah, I couldn't have asked to be play with a better team and I'm glad we could get over the line. And just having a look at some of your team members as well, Malachi Riley had a very good second quarter. Uh, you had some good run in that second and fourth too, didn't you? That's when you really got away. Gibson had to overcome a, a deficit at halftime, but uh, they managed to do that in the third quarter. What was it that just didn't quite work for you in that third? Uh, I think it was just uh, we, stopped, we stopped running for a little bit. I think we uh, went away from our game plan, which was chip it around, go straight through the guts and move the ball quickly. Um, I think, yeah, they had the breeze and it was a bit hard to go into that breeze. We are all a bit tired and we just stopped running for a period of time and they got on the front foot again. But I think in that last quarter, our young Colts boys had fresh legs coming off the bench and they really stood up and helped get that run back, which was great for us. Absolutely. Abdullah who went very well, both Ian and also Nat Nat, um, also had uh, Malachi Riley who we've spoken about there, but the work of Kieran Douglas who who might not have uh, had the best first go at something, but his tenacity to keep fighting for the ball was was definitely on show. He was like a little bulldog. Uh, yeah, was was Kieran Douglas. He was he was very good for you too, which was which was great to see. Roger Parsons down back now. Uh, he went down with a bit of an injury, might have been his ankle at one stage, but he managed to get back up and about. How important was he for you down in that back roll? Uh, Roger's always important 
obviously a lot of games that he's played and a lot of experience down back. Um, so, yeah, just keeping, like, the boys level-headed and talking and setting up play behind the ball is always so important for us, and Roger does that unbelievable job down there. So having him go down for a split second, we're all a bit worried, but lucky enough he could come back on the field and help us get the win. Kane Buckley was pretty quiet. I think he was pretty well tagged for some of the game too, wasn't he? Yeah, Kane. Kane's obviously had a massive year winning the association fairs and best, but coming into the finals, we knew that he was going to get tagged pretty heavily. And I know the first game against Gibbo, he got shut down pretty bad. So we knew it wasn't going. To, we knew it would be the same in the Grandy. But lucky enough, we had Braden Wood back in the side that could take a bit of a load in the midfield. But Kane is just having his presence on the field is also a big thing for us so he did a good job mate you've done very well in the ruck throughout the day Breck and Hawkey was one of your opponents for most of the day they swung Liam Hay in from time to time to to try and counteract things but you you had a good run on through that ruck was it probably one of your better rucking games you feel personally yeah I feel like for me going in the grand final and being the only ruckman that I in my team I knew I had to step up so yeah, it was never an easy task, especially them having two ruckmen that can just rotate. It uh, wasn't easy, but, yeah, I just had to do it. And, yeah, I felt like my game was pretty good on the weekend. So, yeah, I'm pretty happy with it. Uh, I did see some of the boys early on Monday morning. Uh, I think you might have got together for a, a bit of a, a catch-up breakfast or a, a soaking-up breakfast. Um, there was some hobbles around the place, mate. There were some sore and sorry boys around who had uh, probably given up their absolute all, but they had one thing different, and that was a, a medal around their neck, mate. Uh, any injuries out of the game, or how did you pull up? How, how did things go there? Uh, I'm pretty sure all of us pulled up sore but no injuries I'm pretty sure but myself uh, my shins were definitely sore from rucking but it's all that jumping uh, you did other than, yeah, other than that just general body soreness but I'm feeling pretty good now how did you feel when you were announced as the, the best on ground medal recipient mate uh, did you feel like that was coming your way or do you have a bit of an idea when they announced that the Russell Bridge medal would be going to you uh, not really I think after the game all the boys said that I was probably the like best on but I didn't really think think so myself, um, but yeah, I was pretty speechless. That's actually my first ever uh, best on ground, so I'm pretty stoked about yep. it. Awesome, mate. Uh, who did you think was probably more worthy of being a recipient of the best on ground? Uh, I'd say uh, Liam Baines down back. He he played really well uh, all year. He's played really well down there, so yeah, I think he deserved it. Tell us about your coach, uh, who's hung up the, the, the clipboard for now and and uh, will be taking a, a wee bit of a, a break, no doubt, from footy. That was always going to be on the cards, but uh, to go out with the grand final is pretty amazing. So just tell us about Darren. Uh, Hass, uh, he, he was a big influence for me coming across uh, from Newtown a couple of years ago. Um, he is an excellent coach, always been there for everyone, super supportive, um, but always just wants the best from everyone. So I know coming into uh, the weekend, his last game for coaching for a bit, uh, we definitely wanted to win, um, especially like losing last year's. Um, yeah, I was super excited to get the win for him. Um, but yeah, he's just a special guy and we're all going to miss him coaching next year, but uh, all the best for him. How good and how sweet is it to have that medal around your neck now? 
uh, it is, it's amazing. Still, still can't, uh, yeah, contemplate it really. It's just, yeah, over the moon about it. And I, well, from the sounds in the background, you've gone back to work already. Is that right? Yeah, we're just about to head off now. <laughs> Mate, we won't hold you up too much longer. Congratulations on your efforts in the grand final, which saw uh, Esperance triumph over the Gibson Footy Club at 11.975 to 10.1171 on the weekend just gone. Good to have you on board, Wags, and, and thanks very much, mate. Enjoyed the off-season playing basketball with the boys for the Blazing Bulldogs, mate. Will do. Thank you. Well, our second guest we catch up with today is Macca, and he's got a whole lot of stuff to be getting your little mitts dirty on when it comes to all of the news that's happening around several leagues, actually. I don't know if there's anyone as well-versed as Macca getting around WA Country footy, but we'll find out because he's got his finger on the pulse from the Eastern District Football League. We'll skid from there to the Central Wheatbelt, out to the Central Midlands Coast, and we'll come back into Mortlock and touch base with the Avon. Jeez, you're a busy man, Macca. How are you, mate? Good to have you back on. Yeah, g'day, Glennie. Um, must be getting to the pointy end of the season. Everyone's getting excited. You excited, mate? Oh, mate, I saw a very good grand final the other day in, in the Esperance District Football Association. I'm looking forward to the Goldfields Footy League this week getting into their finals, mate. But I tell you what, you must have thought you had a massive game on your hands. It was anyway, regardless, between Hyde and Kilgarran and Narrambeam. But at half time, it was only four points in it on Saturday out there at Corrigan Oval. And, geez, there must have been a lot of action and energy out there at Corrigan. It was. Massive crowd. Congratulations to the Eastern Districts Football League. Uh, in excess of 1,500 through the gate when they uh, when they dropped their counter. But, no, that was a great effort. Narrambeen in both grades. I'll um, quickly go to the resis before we get to the grand final. Narrambeen, 5-4-64, lost to New Carney. Undefeated premiers in the reserves. Phil Gray won the Charlie Young medal for the best player on the ground. But you're right, Narrambeen didn't win a game last year in the shortened COVID season. And they've had two sides into the grand final on the big dance over at Corrigan. And uh, a, a goal late in the second term put them in the lead. I think they were four points up. They were Hyden Calgarin beaten in last year's grand final by Southern Cross. But uh, and Alex James, their spiritual leader, their coach, and probably their best player, um, out with a, maybe a career-ending knee injury about a month ago, but they haven't lost a game since then. They came out in the third quarter and went absolutely nuts. Um, Matt Ellis kicked seven goals, I think, um, in the second half, and I think five of those might have been in the third quarter. He was absolutely unstoppable. And you thought, how far hiding Calgarin? But not to be denied, a few moves by the Narrambeen coach. Cody Duncan went forward. And they got within 11 points and had the momentum when the siren eventually uh, went. So, yeah, 15, 15, 105 to 14, 10, 94, just an 11-point margin. If you ever want to see a pretty good grand final, go to Footy Radio. We were covering that game. Rowdy Hobley was there coming out of 2J, where I think they've just... um, His his voice didn't make the grand final, so he was up there and... Magnificent call of the game by him, and uh, congratulations to Hyden Calgarin. Cosgrove medal, um, we were delayed for about 15 minutes because okay. they could not split a three-way tie for the Cosgrove medal. Um, Big Trevor Cosgrove was there to present that, and uh, they went back on a countback, via a countback, via a countback. In the end, it was Dave Ellers. So Matt kicked seven goals in the game, did not get the medal. Mitch Lane, number two, was uh, probably my pick and Lockie Moritz as well, and all four of those were in the mix, and there was actually a joint winner, but uh, they can't give two. You only have one best player. It went to Dave Ellis in the ruck. He was the Cosgrove medalist. 
Best players for the winners, as we said, in Mitch Lane, Lockie Moritz, Matt Ellers and Dave Ellers. Cody Duncan was the best for Narrabeen. Jimmy Kennedy, Connor Spinks and Ben Hislop. Uh, Haslam also kicking five goals for Hyden Calgary. Congratulations to the Eastern District Football League and on mass, um, in a sensational season and even better grand final. Mate. Yeah, great to hear and a, a nice close one is what we wanted uh, towards halftime. That was the case. But uh, yeah, that big third quarter, they call it the Premiership quarter for an absolute reason. Mate, from there, we'll skid past and just drop in on the uh, Central Wheatbelt Football League quarter. The Roos, they've had a big year this year. Uh, we've heard from their president on the podcast earlier this year, but uh, Rob Rout managed to salute with the with the boys there for season 2021. Uh, they've, they've, they do it well in quarter. They've got a lot of Goldfields influence through that particular league there. I know um, the Edwards boys and, and further to that, I saw about probably five or six who had lined up in other teams throughout the uh, the, uh, the uh, Central Wheatbelt Football League for the quarter ruse. But they managed to get up the other day out there with a big, big grand final, which was great to see. It was a big victory too. The game was pretty well done by uh, quarter time. Uh, definitely in the second quarter, they uh, I think it was 22 goals to four or five in the end. Uh, the Muck and Boudin Rams uh, might have been a sec- might have been consecutive years. They quarter one it a couple of years ago. They didn't play last year, but uh, yeah, in, the, in their hundredth year, I heard your podcast a couple of weeks ago that presented that. So congratulations to quarter. Hopefully Gary Greaves and the team behaved themselves this year, unlike a few years ago where uh, there was a police investigation. But no, he'd never lived that one down. He reckons it wasn't him anyway. But uh, no, quarter. Rob Rout, the coach, gone back to back. Yep, and uh, Rowan Fleet and the best on ground, the Ted McTaggart Memorial, fairest and best as well, mate. Then you are off this weekend to the Central Midlands Coastal. You don't stop at this time of the year, mate. You are all over the shop, but the Central Midlands Coastal yeah, final is coming up for us. This is Lancelin and Cervantes. Tell us a bit more about what's coming up this weekend in the CMCFL. Yeah, normally held in Mora, but they're sharing it around for the first time in over 20 years, yep. I think. It will be played at Cervantes. And Savannah's have got in the grand final from Port, from fourth. More Mavericks didn't make it. The Lancelin Pirates went straight in um, after the on oh, the second semi, but the Savannah's Tiger Sharks with a couple of quite handy ins in the second half of the season. Um, Bruno Lacroix kicked sixteen a few weeks ago and uh, kicked a couple on the weekend. And uh, believe it or not, his brother's going to be playing. I believe um, the Frenchman. Uh, premiership with the West Coast Eagles, Mark, so we're yeah. looking forward to that. Yep, Lancelin Pirates will start favourite. They've been the form side of the year, but Savandy's at home. No one wants to take on the Tiger Sharks at Tiger Shark Park. So catch up with all of that action. Once again, Footy Radio will be there broadcasting live from just after 2 o'clock. It's a really massive day. It starts at 9 o'clock in the middle morning. There's Little League, and there's hockey, and there's junior netball, A-grade netball, a reserve netball, and also two games of footy. So they're flat out at Cervantes. Mora are taking on Cervantes in the reserve. So that could go either way as well. So congratulations to the Central Midlands Coastal Footy League. They've uh, had another cracking season and uh, looking forward to bringing that live stream uh, from Saturday, just after lunch, mate. Yeah, very good, mate. Very good. Then we also got another grand final this weekend to contend with. We've got Gamaling and Dower and Wiley in the Mortlock Football League as well. You are stretched thin, but I tell you what, you must have the biggest notebook going around. I know what not my notebook's like for before a grand final, mate, but you've got one last weekend, two this weekend, and Lord knows how many others to cover off as well. Yeah, I'm flat out joining every all these footy clubs' Facebook page to get the inside dirt. But uh, Gamaling beaten in the grand final a couple of years ago by 2J, and that's uh, 
a real, they were uh, the overwhelming favourite. So that one has burnt and it's burnt deep. So Gamaling versus Darren Wiley, the next door neighbours. But Darren Wiley have come from the weeds as well. They've, uh, I think they finished fourth. And they've beaten some highly fancied opposition to make the league grand final. Ali Smith, the former uh, St Tilda co- uh, player and the coach down at Fetty's, has gone up there with the team. And uh, they come in good at the right time of the season. So once again, Footy Radio will be covering that. We'll actually be covering the reserves as well, which is Jinjin versus Kalingari. So a lot of silverware for Kalingari for a fair while. So it's great that they'll be able to make it. Wongan Hills is a venue for the grand final, normally held in Gamaling. So they are sharing these around. But once again, this is a massive day of sport. Um, it's Nippers, three games of footy, Nippers footy at 10 o'clock, the reserves at 12 and the league at two at 10 past two. There's junior and senior hockey. There's A reserves, A grade netball and junior netball as well. So a lot happening down at Wongan Hill. So you'll get, you'll cover all of that on footy radio as well. And there's also another game, another grand final, uh, which is not very far away from that one. Yep, to, correct, mate. And that is the Avon Football Association. We've got uh, Quirting who have made their way through into the grand final, but it came down last week. What was it? York and it was Cunderdon in Northern, uh, but it was Cunderdon who managed to salute over York, who've had a very, very good season. It does. Cunnington made the four, and they were looking a bit scratchy. They were they Keller Tamman needed to win, and Cunnington needed to lose uh, in the league side. Keller Tamman did their bit and beat, by beating uh, Querdin in the last game of the season, but Cunnington absolutely belted railways that put them into third place, and that's really set their season up. They kicked thirty three goals in the game against railways to uh, to really uh, set their credentials, and uh, a few people have been talking about their. Ability to go all the way from as much as from as long as a month ago. Querding the minor premiers came from kicked five goals in the last quarter to get over the top of York. York are highly fancy side, but um, pulled a selection of the uh, rabbit out of the hat in the second semi and Keller did York. Tendai Mazungu rolled up to play, which was uh, which is causing a lot of concern amongst a lot of people. He was his first game of the season cleared, obviously before June thirty. Yep. Um, Andrew Strike and Zach Guadman didn't play on that game because of a COVID uh, catch-up game for West Perth where they're coaching. But they was at full strength against Cunnington and, uh, and uh, the Magpies got over the top to book themselves in a spot in the grand final. In the reserves, it'll be Keller Tamman versus Quirting. This is all played down at uh, the Henry Street Oval hosted by the Federal Football Club. Keller Tamman beat uh, York in Keller in the second semi. And the highly fancied York side went down to Querding, who who only just fell into the four. They uh, this, this last qualifying game of the season was Keller Tamman versus Querding in the reserves down at the Tamman Oval. And Querding didn't kick a goal that day and Keller just piled on the misery. That won't be the case. They're a very, very good footy side, are uh, Querding. Up against the mighty Cats, maybe the Cats in the close one. Querding versus Cunnerton. Uh, Tommy Lee kicked 59 goals. I must mention the Stacey medal was uh, held last week. Mm-hmm. So Tom Lee, once again, 59 goals for the season. He's a former St Kilda player. I think his partner's teaching at Quirting, so he's working. He's, he's a town gardener up there. Pretty handy acquisition. Tim Nakansky kicking 42 in the reserves. Uh, we had the Stacey medal, as I said, Ryan Maldennis, and it was a tie. Yep. Ryan Maldennis won it a couple of years ago. Um, oh, he's a reigning champ. And John Levin, a new player for the Cunderton side, both on 19 votes. 
Mark Crisp from York. Um, he was on 14 boats. Mark, uh, a former winner of the of the, uh, the medal, the middle medal up in the Eastern District. In the reserves, Lockie Dan. He's the captain of the Querreting Reserves player. This is a fantastic count. Uh, he won on 19 votes. And Reynolds McIntosh from Keller Tamman on 18 votes. This is a fantastic um, first and best count. In the reserves, they also had netball. Can't forget the netball. Uh, Gemma Bassett and Holly Sivia. Gemma from Beverly, Holly from Querreting finished the fairest and best in that league. This is the Adele Simmons medal on 16. And Narelle Bailey, guy's daughter, she was the player's choice. She did a um, an Achilles tendon in the second semi down at Querreting, so down at Tamman. So all the best to Narelle. Fetty versus York in the netball on Saturday. Fetty's have, uh, I reckon, will win that one. Keller Tamman maybe went over Querreting. I'm going to have to stick with the minor premiers querying to come over over Cunderdon, but uh, that's a, that's the that's the biggest rivalry apart from the Northern Derby Cunderdon versus Querying. They normally just uh, line up the ambulances. These are <laughs> fierce contests. It has changed a little bit. The footy's changed, but uh, I like talking it up. This will be a cracking of a game. Maybe Querying got a few bigger boys, but the Cunderdon are a very slick outfit. Outfit. Uh, once again, I don't think they won a game two years ago when they last played footy to make it to the grand final is a Cinderella story. But uh, Querdy, pretty hungry for a victory and uh, they'll be looking forward to a very good day of footy down at Northam yep. on Saturday, Glenn. Indeed, mate. And you did, you mentioned it was the reserves fairest and best. It's the McNeil medal and the McNeil medalist has got a very thin frame on him, doesn't he? Yeah, there's not a lot of him. Hopefully, oh. it's not a big day out there, Lockie Dan, Lieutenant <laughs> Lieutenant Lockie. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's a windy day, they'll have to uh, tether him to a post. But uh, no, congratulations to him. He goes in hard, and uh, the young fellows, uh, yeah, the captain of that side, and uh, he's, uh, it's a it's a big deal to win the fairest and best of anything in an association uh, umpires vote. So, uh, looking forward to that. Um, some pretty good handy umpires too. Um, Shane Zark, Zarakis, his uh, uh, umpires advisor. And Dean Margetts, he was out at uh, out at Ben Cubbon umpiring the Central Wheatbelt Footy League with his brother Reese, and I reckon he'll make an appearance on Saturday in Northern. So that's a fair effort, isn't it? It is indeed. AFL, just retired from the AFL and um, coming out to the AFA. Yep. So um, hopefully you'll get heckled by all the non-Eagle supporters. Well, he's got his consonants and his vowels around the wrong way there, doesn't he? AFL, AFA, doesn't really matter, mate. But at the end of the day, he's got to know when he wakes up in Northern. <laughs> he's not at, <laughs> not at the AFL finals. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Hey, Macca, appreciate catching up with us, mate. And as you mentioned, there's several finals that have been on footy radio and will continue to be on footy radio for many people across the uh, the wheat belt and through our, our districts as well, which is great to have. And that ability that footy radio has to bring that action to many people, their family, their friends who can't make it, in particular for some family and friends who are over in the East at the moment with COVID. It's a great job that you do, mate, and keep it up. And great to have you on the podcast as well, mate, before a very, very busy weekend. You'll be looking, no doubt, for a, a nice, quiet... Ale comes Sunday evening after a busy weekend. Looking forward to it. Once again, congratulations on this initiative. It is fantastic.
This is the WA Country Footy Podcast. And the WA Country Footy Podcast heads south. The great Southern Football League, they're really gearing up this weekend with the preliminary final and also their fairest and best. Now, their fairest and best count is being held tonight. So we don't know the actual winners, but you probably will by the time the podcast is out. Cam Newbolt joins us. He covers off a whole range of football leagues right across the Great Southern into the Upper Great Southern and also the Ongrup Football Association. He's from, well, Newspaper Central down there. Hello, Cam. How are you, mate? Good. Yourself? Yeah, good, mate. Good. Albany Advertiser is your home base, but you've got plenty of others that you take in down that way, mate. But we want to jump on board because you have your finger on the pulse of all of the football leagues and you can give us a good, accurate description of where we're at. Let's go to the Great Southern Football League first of all, mate. The talking point of 2021 has not been COVID for the uh, Great Southern Football League. The Great Southern Footy League, North Road Super IGA League, has been about the Sharks, mate, and their resurgence. Tell us a bit about this story. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a, a great story. Um, the Albany Sharks down here have have endured a, a number of <coughs> excuse me um, have endured a, a number of really tough years. Um, and yeah, it's it's great to see. I guess the turnaround in in their footy club they were established in 2008, so a little while ago now, um, but have only been competing in in the league competition down here since 2012. But have gone through um, that time with seven winless seasons, obviously at the foot of the ladder, and uh, and had only won two games, um, one each in separate seasons uh, leading up to this year. So yeah, it's great to see they've turned things around. They made the finals for the first time this year after winning six games in the regular season um, and got through to an elimination first semi-final, which they won on the weekend. But I suppose, you know, before we talk about the the actual final win itself, it was just fantastic to see uh, them firstly contending to to finish in the top four. But um, they've been able to to really turn their club around on-field and off-field. Jamie Jamie Ram is uh, an experienced country footy name and, uh, and he's been heavily involved in, in, in transforming that club along with a, a number of other people ably assisting him. But, um, yeah, his influence in the last sort of year and a half, he came in sort of halfway through last year uh, to help them out and um, and he's their head coach and has done a, a fantastic job. Obviously, uh, a lot of people probably would have heard, but at the start of this year, they, they were able to secure the signature of, of former AFL player Brett Peake um, and he has been another reason as as to why they've been able to a rise up the ladder, but just improve a lot of things on field. Um, and yeah, they uh, have just yeah had had a wonderful season um, as as a as a club, and uh, yeah, thoroughly deserved to to be in a preliminary final this weekend. Very good to hear, mate. Hey, looking at some other fixtures as the CBH League semi-finals uh, got underway last week at Centennial Royals were too good. They've booked themselves a berth into the grand final next week. Uh, they were too good over Railways, who now come up against the Sharks this week. But it was eight points that the Sharks got up by 13-11-89 to 12-9-81 at McLean Oval last week, which helped get solidify the Sharks. We've spoken a bit about the Sharks, but um, the, the game last week, Cam, did you get along, manage to check it out, or were you at the uh, the other semi? The, they were on separate days, so I got to see both of them. I'll tell you what, uh, I've been in my job more than 10 years, and I've covered a, a lot of footy and a lot of footy finals, and the one on Sunday at McLean Park was one of the best games I have seen, one of the best finals I've seen. Um, I'll roll out the stat that we used in the in the paper. The lead changed 17 times, oh. and the margin never grew beyond nine points. So, wow. as a as a footy fanatic myself, it was an amazing game of footy. Um, yeah, it, it was 
it wouldn't have been out of place on a grand on grand final day. Um, that that's how you know great the contest was. Uh, two teams desperate to to keep their seasons alive. Um, and yeah, when a game doesn't sort of ever get to double figures, um, it was pretty much goal for goal. Uh, yep. One team kicked one goal at the other end, and they responded at the other end. And um, Sharks, you know, Brett Peake was involved. They've got Morgan Davies, a former East Fremantle midfielder, playing for them as well. And then of course you look at uh, Denmark, and they had. Big Ash McGrath, uh, former Brisbane Lion uh, player, at, at, up forward for them. And uh, Shane Zanetti, a former uh, Waffle player, along with Jaden Woods. So there was so much talent out, out on the park. Um, just a, a fantastic final. Um, eight points was, in the end, a, a pretty pretty uh, reasonable margin, given given the um, the sort of score and the lead changes during the day. Well, pretty indicative of their season, though, really, wasn't it, for both teams? Because they were pretty level, uh, barring, yeah. I suppose, the, the scoring against, uh, when it comes to their ladder positions, 24 points apiece, 77% to 72%, and, you know, 16, 6 and 9. So, um, yeah, yeah we, I, I suppose that tale told that sort of story. Royals and railways, though, uh, we saw that their seasons have been pretty similar in what they've scored or had scored against each other, but... But for railways, they'd probably be a little bit disappointed with their performance against Royals. Yeah, they certainly would be. I don't think they had their greatest day ever. Um, yeah, it was one of those ones where they, their foot skills were, were pretty poor, um, let down by their by their skill execution, I think. And, and Royals are just uh, uh, such a, a well-disciplined, strong, well-rounded, sort of really deep outfit. And um, they'll just they'll really hurt you on, on turnover and, and on the counter-attack uh, Royals. And, and they just did that to Railways. They just punished them as soon as they... They turned the ball over. Um, they had sort of, you know, some really strong performances from a number of players, and um, they did it without one of the the competition's best players, in Jason Ford, who missed with a shoulder injury. So they can certainly get better. Um, they had a couple of injury concerns, Royals, but you'd think going into a grand final, they'll be they'll be pretty cherry ripe and um, and very confident they can win a third straight premiership. Uh, Railways, yeah, have to go back to the drawing board this Sunday and. And they'll, they'll have to fight pretty hard. It, it won't come easy. Um, they they certainly will have a, a real challenge on their hands against the Sharks because they can obviously play with a bit of freedom. Um, they obviously don't have too much expectation. They um, have come from a very low base, so they will uh, yeah certainly throw everything they've got at, at the Tigers. So it, it sets up for a, for a cracking preliminary final. Um, I think it, it should be... Reasonably close, but um, yeah, it should be a great game uh, nonetheless. Well, now, as we record this podcast, tonight is the HB Cleman Medal for the Great Southern mm-hmm. Football League's Gala Awards Night. You've caught up with all of the six GSFL coaches and pre- they've yep. predicted a two-horse race. It's between two particular midfield stars. Who are they? Yeah, so um, as you said, we've canvassed the, the coaches and, and certainly they've come up with the same two names in, in a lot of their combinations, but uh, Royals midfielder, Cameron Allison and, and Railways midfielder uh, Logan Stubber are the two that, that keep hopping to, to the mind or to the to the forefront um, of all the predictors. So, yeah, should be a, a really terrific battle, I think, between those two. Um, I suppose individually, both you know wonderful players, um, both accumulate a lot of the football down here and, and are sort of real engine room sort of drivers of, of their team's respective midfields. But for Cameron Allison, it'll be... A great reward. He he come from uh, Narragin, um, has moved down here and had played down here for the last couple of seasons, and and he's a really contested, hard-working, uh, hard-running midfielder. And 
yeah, it'd be great to to see him win it. Um, he hasn't obviously won the, the medal down here previously, so he'd be a first-time uh, claiming medal winner. And for Logan Stubber, uh, a wonderful story. If he is able to win it, it would be his second uh, claiming medal. He won one uh, a couple of years ago. Um, in that same season that he did win his, his claiming medal, he actually uh, had a, a torn anterior cruciate ligament, so a, uh, an ACL injury. He ended up playing the season out, won the claiming medal, uh, his side lost the grand final, uh, and then he had surgery and missed all of last season. So if he was to come back, it'd be a remarkable uh, story to to win a second claimant um, fresh off uh, off ACL surgery. Um, but he's uh, again a really hardworking, uh, hard running, very skillful um, midfielder by foot, um, and and can really get forward and, and kick goals as well. So yeah, just two terrific players. Um, I think there'll be some other players that will certainly be in the mix, but. But personally, think it's definitely between those two. I think Jaden Woods from Denmark Walpole polled a lot of votes. Um, at Royals Michael McGlade will also poll pretty well along with Hamish McMoran. Um, I think for North Albany, their sort of hopes rest mainly with Jacob Crow and Nathan Credelli. Uh, Scott Price uh, certainly will be one that will attract votes for, for Mount Barker. Um, and yeah, if you throw in a couple other names, the, the likes of uh, Kane Shepherd or or Jaden Scott at Railways, and also sort of Ryan Garth um, at Denmark Walpole. They're probably the, the ones. And, of course, for the Sharks, given that they've had such a, a great season, Cam Jones is definitely uh, their sort of prime person that will, will attract votes, I think, as, as being their best midfielder. And also Brett Peake. He, he's kicked a lot of goals. He won the goal kicking down here this year, which will be presented tonight, the Sean Playstead Trophy. So he'll receive that for the first time. And, um, and yeah, he'll certainly you know be attracting votes in, in the games that the Sharks win. Okay, big one for tonight. And obviously, as people listen to the podcast, mate, as we know with podcasts, you can listen in three years' time. Uh, but you might know the result. But at, at the moment, we, as we record, we, we're not too sure on what's going to happen tonight. So that's a big one. Something that we do know the winner of. And we're going to switch over now to the Ongarup Football Association. That's the Ganza medalist. And yep. how good is it to have uh, Fraser House, who's out there at Noangarup, who are having a very good season. They take up Boxwood Hill this week in the grand final. But um, it's been a good year for Fraser. Fraser House, brother Tim coming across, of course, as a leading goal kicker after seven games. He's still managed to win the leading goal kicker role, but it's been big at the Ongarup Football Association ahead of their grand final this week. Yeah, yeah, obviously a, a massive couple of weeks out there, as you, as you mentioned. Um, firstly, Fraser House, yeah, uh, a player with VFL experience, uh, a very, very uh, tough, um, yeah, skillful midfielder as well. You know, great, great by... Um, by hand or feet, uh, yeah, he's a deserving winner of the, the Ganza medal as the best player out in the competition out there. He, he would have had some stiff competition from his brother Tim House early doors in, in the voting because obviously Tim kicking a, a lot of goals, but it's a funny situation. I think it's uh, brother Fraser getting getting and winning the ball in the midfield and then probably delivering it on a, on a silver platter to, to Tim up front who, uh, who goes back and kicks the goal. So purely based on that, I think the umpires think uh, Fraser's probably worked a little bit harder this year, but um, it, you know, I'm sure that they have a bit of a laugh about it, but no anger up have gone through the season undefeated, um, mainly thanks to you know those two players in particular, but a, a host of other stars that they've got. And um, I think in our Ongrup Footy Association grand final preview, the opposition coach from Boxwood Hill was quoted saying that um, no anger up have one of the best country footy sides getting around in, in, in WA at this moment and probably for a couple of years. So that goes to show just how strong their team is um, and they'll take a lot of beating on uh, on Saturday in the in the grand final at Boxwood. Um, they played the home team, Boxwood, 
hill for uh, for their chance to, to win back-to-back premierships. But uh, it should be a great day, always is, um, out in the in the Ongar Footy Association. And um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the grand final goes. Obviously, a lot of people thinking that No Angrap will win, you know, comfortably. They won comfortably last year, but obviously Tim House not there now, so. Yeah. Um, they have to, to find some, some other avenues to goal. They've got Lewis Davis, who's kicked a lot of goals as well, and a couple other players. But Boxwood Hill have come, come good at the right time of the year. They've won five games in a row. Um, they sort of beat Newdigate, who finished second. So they've come the, the long road to, um, to getting to the grand final. Uh, but they've certainly timed their run, you know, with, with perfection, you'd think, uh, to, to be to be right there and, and having a crack at, uh, at the Bulldogs um, in the decider. Yep, and Rick Carpenter, as you've pointed out in your publication as well in the Albany Advertiser, come out to say that uh, uh, that he has the team that could cause an upset. The last little quote yep. in the article. So uh, <laughs> there's a nice little way out for Rick and uh, and for the Bombers there taking on the Bulldogs in the Onger Up Football Association. What's your pick there, Cam? Uh, I'm going to go no anger up. I mean, obviously, we don't see a lot of that footy out there, so it's 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 really hard. I mean, I can give a more analytical, I guess, view and and an opinion on the Great Southern Footy League, but I certainly think no anger up, given the depth of talent they have. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got Elliot Janks who who played in the Sandful as a as a younger player. Scott Anderson, their captain, is a is a wonderful state footballer. Um, as I said, Lewis Davis, who won the Leo Graham medal last year, is the best player in the Upper Grand Southern Football League. Is actually their full forward. Uh, just you know, happened to, to bob up and, and play for No Anger Up um, this year. So I think they've just got they've got a lot of talent. Match winners all over the ground. Fraser House very hard to stop. Um, I don't think you know a tag will, will necessarily slow him down either. So yeah, I'm, I think No Anger Up win and. and Personally, still think they they win by you know probably more than five goals, but um, certainly Boxwood will, will definitely be a worthy recipient of, of playing them in the grand final, and um, and yeah they'll they'll be able to throw everything at them early, and, and I'm sure probably No Anger up will, will grind them down eventually. And No Anger up in all three grades there. They've got the reserves at 11 o'clock taking on Lake Grace Pinger up. No Anger up and Jeremung up at 12:35, and at 2:10 is the league between No Anger up and Boxwood Hill. Very busy mm-hmm. day there with the netball finals and also the hockey finals coming up this weekend as well. Good luck to all the teams out at the Ongarup Association Sport, uh, where the whole family plays together, and uh, a great opportunity to to give the, 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 the I think one of our first podcasts was with the Ongarup Football Association too, which was great to see. Mate, um, very quickly uh, I want to swing past uh, the Nutrient Ag fixtures that have been out this week. I want to talk a bit more <laughs> about having the females. I know that the, the females are, are out of, do I dare say, out of whack I suppose with fixtures, because you get your females over and done with at the start of the season in the Great Southern, but this is a great chance for them to take on the representative level. Thursday and Friday, 30th of September, 1st of October, the fixtures are out now for the Nutrient Ag Solutions Country Footy Championships. Great to have the female up there in Perth this weekend. Oh, sorry, over those weekends. Yeah, definitely. And and they've been working pretty hard behind the scenes. Obviously, with the initial uh, footy championships cancelled for, for for both men and women um, earlier this year, um, I know the, the Great Southern Women's team or representative group have been working really hard they've still remained training which obviously is a key part of of the build-up to that because as you said that their season is played sort of from early January through to about the start of the men's season so around sort of uh, late April so effectively a lot of the 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 ladies playing are are back at hockey or netball or or doing other sports and other things at the moment so they've been working really hard and and training I think pretty pretty regularly uh, almost once a week still in the, in the hope to, to get these championships happening. Now that they're happening, 
um, I'm sure they've been working really hard to, to make sure they're, they're, they're cherry ripe and, and ready to go. So, yeah, it'll be great to see the Great Southern women compete for the first time. Obviously, we haven't had a women's representative team compete at, um, at country footy level uh, before. So it's a, a first for the Great Southern. Um, really exciting time for, for the region. Women's footy has grown rapidly down here as it has you know, in a number of areas. But uh, a six-team competition, all the clubs competing down here now, um, you know, an abundance of players. And they play um, Friday nights, uh, mm-hmm. doubleheaders usually, and, and um, they're, they're fantastic uh, you know, games and, and evenings to get down and watch the footy. Really social atmosphere. Um, yeah, just just a, a great uh, exposition of, of women's footy in the country. So it'll be great to see our women go away and compete. Um, not sure how they're going to go, but um, I don't think the you know winning the title or or, or winning games is necessarily um, the the yardstick that they need to to sort of get to. It's just uh, getting up there and competing and taking away a representative side for the first time. Indeed, mate, and the Colts as well. You'll be part of that too. Your first game is against Avon there, continuing on Thursday the 30th of September against regional districts. You've got the the afternoon off uh, and then continuing on the Friday with games against Pilbara and also Peel to round it out. So you've got a busy weekend there for your Colts representatives and your female representatives, which is great to see. Cam, we've spoken quite a bit. Uh, Mate, uh, I look forward to reading more in the Albany Advertiser next week. You've got a very comprehensive wrap-up of football when it comes to football across the Great Southern, the Ongar up, and even into the Upper Great Southern as well with several different leagues that you cover off, mate. But great job. Keep it up and appreciate your time on the WA Country Footy Podcast. Yeah, no, it's been great. Uh, thanks a lot for, for uh, getting me involved. I uh, love talking about footy and um, yeah, it, it should be should be great. Looking forward to seeing um, people uh, in the next couple of weeks at grand finals, uh, as you said, I think in, in, in our chat, uh, good luck to everyone that's competing. Um, wish, wish all the teams the very best and really look forward to personally getting out to the Ongrup uh, League this weekend, seeing a few people and familiar faces and um, look forward to seeing the, um, those kind of people as well. We're in the Great Southern Footy League grand final next Sunday, which is out at Denmark um, as per, part of their grand final rotation. So, yeah, it should be a great couple of weeks. Um, if you do see me or whatever, come and say good day. And, um, yeah, look forward to, to seeing some, some great footy over the next fortnight. And who takes on Royals in the grand final? Uh, I, I think Railways. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I, I think they will bounce back. Uh, they pretty ordinary uh, last week, but but I think, um, you know, they do as well have some really talented players, um, and, I, and I think um, they've got the, the team, um, if they if they can get things right um, early in the game, to, to certainly um, put some scoreboard pressure on the Sharks. So I think the Railways will win. Um, I, I don't think it'll necessarily be a, a blowout or anything like that. I think it'll be a pretty, you know, dour physical contest. Both teams play a pretty contested brand of footy, but, um, but yeah, certainly think Railways will be there. Uh, the winners and, and be the grand final opponent for, for Royals, which would be a repeat of last year's grand final. But, um, yeah, we'll wait and see on uh, on Sunday. Good on you, Cam. Appreciate you joining us on the podcast. Very comprehensive, as we expect. Thank you, mate. You've done well. No worries. Cheers. This is the WA Country Footy Podcast. That wraps up today's podcast. Thanks very much to all of our guests for joining us. We headed off to Esperance and the Bulldogs. We were off through Cam Newbold down towards Albany and the Great Southern covering off Ongarup and maybe a little touch through there of the uh, Upper Great Southern too. But also we managed to touch base with lots of leagues throughout the week belt through Macca. Good on you, Macca. Always good to having you on board. That's week eight of our podcast done next week. Well, it's finals, finals, finals. They continue. We'll have 
results. We'll have fixtures. We'll have all sorts of different things to cover off next week as country footy is alive and well throughout Western Australia. And it's great to have your support right here on the WA Country Footy Podcast. Don't forget, it's done by Industry Link Media. If you would love to jump on board for 2022 and get a sponsorship happening, get your business name out there, contact us, news at industrylinkmedia.com. That's a very easy website. You can replay it as many times as you like in case you missed it. Uh, But jump on and subscribe to ensure you get the latest podcast as it happens. G'day, I'm Glennie Wilson. Thanks very much for joining us for Week 8. The WA Country Footy Podcast is produced by Industry Link Media.